Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast and it is presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You guys know the deal. You get that 50% sign-up bonus when you use the promo code PODCAST1, which is pretty darn cool. He is Steve Fezzik, at Fezzik Sports on Twitter, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Westgate Super Contest out there in Vegas. He is a stud. And I'm just merely Ross Tucker, at Ross Tucker NFL, very much hoping that we are going to be able to have a successful year for all of you guys. Speaking of having a successful year, before we get, Steve, into your tips on how to bet NFL preseason, I know a lot of you also like to play fantasy football Highly recommend you checking out the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard. Look, it's the most important event of the fantasy season. There's only so much you can do during the actual season. It's about your draft. They got the free draft simulator, so you can do mock drafts to see you know, how things play out. It even gives you instant feedback on the picks you made after the mock draft. Then, when you're actually on your draft day, The Draft Wizard has a live draft assistant. It syncs with your draft, gives you real-time advice. After each pick, or at each pick, you get a recommendation from 100 experts on who to draft based on your available options. It's basically like having a personal draft consultant. It's awesome. Use Use the Draft Wizard as the easiest way to crush your draft this year. You can get it on the web iPhone, Android, I got a special offer for you guys. For complete draft wizard access, visit fantasypros.com slash money. Again, fantasypros.com slash money. All right, Steve, we do it every single year. It's a huge benefit to our listeners to get your tips. We already did how to win money, betting pro football a couple weeks ago. We did our season win totals 
pre-training camp season win totals a week ago, about a month ago. We did Sports Betting 101. So we provide the people with the information that they need. And I think we've talked about this other years, but we got a game on Thursday night, Falcons-Broncos to get your thoughts on. But we also have a a new year, and I want to get the refresher course on your tips for how to bet NFL preseason games, Steve. Outstanding, Ross. Let's do it. All right, so we've talked about it before, and I know you're big on backup quarterbacks. You're big on motivation. So what what are the things that you really – like what's your number one how to bet NFL preseason tip? Is it more looking for spots? Is it more examining motivation? Is it more backup quarterbacks? What do you got? Number one, spots motivation. Let's face it, no team really cares whether they win the game or not. But there are games that some teams would prefer to win, and other teams really are rather indifferent about it. So poster child of this is week two, when the team loses week one and the other team wins. One thing for certain in preseason, no team ever wants to go winless in the preseason and go 0-4. And And because of that, as soon as you're at 0-1, there's a little bit of pressure on you. You're like, gosh, I don't want to be going into week three. I, want to, I really want to just do my evaluation of talent and not give away too much and the like. But if I'm 0-2, now I get that pressure of needing or wanting, rather, to win a game. And so because of that, I find that oftentimes the best motivation is week two with an 0-1 team, especially against a team that has won in week one. Yeah, you know, there's no question, Steve having been a part of seven NFL preseasons, there's no question that unlike the regular season, when we know that the primary goal is to win the game, every game, there's no question, while I do believe every team I was on would have preferred to win the game, there were certainly teams, times, coaches that it was a higher priority for them. I remember Steve Spurrier, 2002. I mean, he really wanted to win those preseason games. Or other years where, like you said, you lose the first two, especially if it's like a first-year head coach or something. That's part of it as well. There's a lot to be said for that. And, you know, we don't always know. But sometimes there are teams that their primary objective for a game is just help pure health so we know that but then also they want to put players into very specific situations that may not be most advantageous towards their team winning that game you don't always know that ahead of time but you have to try to figure that out because it does make a big difference then there's like the Colts I don't know if they ever won a preseason game with Peyton Manning when he was there and Tony Dungy it was crazy yeah, now we're with coaching tendencies, and certainly um, I have not updated yet my, um, my coaching uh, records, but I can tell you this. All things being equal, it's very rare I'm going to back a team in preseason that has a coach that has had no um, real desire to win the games. And you mentioned it, the Colts for years were the poster child that they just did not care. But... Um, 
because of that, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, and, and frankly, there are some teams like the Rams last year that basically didn't play any of their good players the entire preseason. So you want to be aware there. Um, we'll talk about that when we break down the Hall of Fame game. We've got a situation with Atlanta that just has not prioritized under Quinn their preseason games of late at all. So coaching tendencies, obviously very important. Okay, so number one, uh, so number one is the spot situation. Number two, coaching tendencies is important. What else do you have for me, Steve? Number three, let's do, and I've got four major factors here. Three is um, the quarterback rotations. And let's be honest, it is very difficult to know what team has the better third and fourth string quarterback. So one thing that I do know, it is an enormous advantage in the NFL to be a scrambling quarterback. So why do we not have more running quarterbacks as starting quarterbacks? Because you don't last in the NFL and you get injured. And so there's, it, it's just not a viable alternative to be a quarterback that runs all the time. Um, and we'll probably see that with Lamar Jackson this year with Baltimore. But I do know in August when the game's on the line and I've got two lousy quarterbacks, the quarterback that can tuck the ball and run Ross is a tremendous advantage I think it was, what was it, Seneca Wallace was just a tremendous preseason quarterback. And because of that, all things being equal, when you look at your quarterback rotations, third and fourth stringers, especially in the first and second games, you probably want the team that has mobile backup quarterbacks. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. So you go with mobile backup over experienced backup. Yes, because let's face it you're going to have the backup O-line in there and they're going to absolutely struggle with their assignments and there's just not going to be enough time for the quarterback and the continuity. But, um, you know, most of the guys trying to make the team are going to go ahead and stay in their lanes and they're going to be, you know, protecting the, against getting beat deep. And, and it's very rare that the middle of the field isn't going to be open for a quarterback that wants to tuck the ball and run. Okay, so... Number one is the spot, you know, 0 for 0 and 2, want to get a win. Number two is coaching tendencies when it comes to how much they play certain guys, how much they prioritize preseason. Number three is backup quarterbacks. What's number four? Number four might be the most important of all of them late week information. So that rarely is the time that an NFL coach is going to honestly tell you what they're going to do, but many of them will in preseason. So you can hear it in the coaches' um, press conferences and the like when they will say, hey, I'm going to really prioritize getting a win in this game as opposed to, a, hey, I'm really looking just to play my starters, you know, only one series here. And usually I will – take what a coach says in and with a grain of sand and not really believe them at all in preseason. I'm much more inclined to believe them, especially the younger coaches, because there's no, it doesn't matter if they win the game. So there's no real reason for them to deceive. And because of that, the information that is being put out there about what the coaches are going to do in the game right before the game, the day before becomes very important. That is a good point, Steve. Really good point. Now, specifically, because you're right, they are more willing to be honest. It is interesting, too, Steve. I remember they would tell us, us at times who wasn't going to play, 
in a preseason game or who was, but they would say not to say anything because they didn't want it to get out and the fans to not show up because certain guys weren't playing. <laughs> I, I, I remember them saying that before. Um, so they do tell the players sometimes too, so that the players kind of have a heads up there. What about specifically, Steve, for this? I, I love that four pack. Anything else? Anything else that we that we missed, or is that that's the fearsome foursome? That is the big four, and one other I would say is that unlike the regular season, uh, I'm, I'm a huge believer in fading line moves. When the line moves four points, I'm like, it is rarely wrong to go against it. So um, that's not so much the case in preseason. These, um, you will see huge line moves, and typically those moves are spot-on correct. So I'd be much less inclined to say, oh, the odds makers couldn't possibly have gotten this game wrong by four points. I'll say that in the regular season. However, during the preseason, the odds makers oftentimes do get games wrong by as much as four points. So I'd be careful going against big line moves. All right. So in the regular season, you fade it and say, nah, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying this. In the preseason, you're like, yeah, it's moving that much for a reason. Exactly right. All right, well, let's talk Broncos-Falcons. It's 8 p.m. on NBC, Thursday night, August 1st. Looks like it'll be a lovely night, partly sunny, 77 degrees at kickoff. The Broncos are laying two and a half. The Falcons are getting two and a half. And the over-under is 34. That was one question I did want to ask, Steve, is if there are certain things with the total that we should be aware of just based on preseason. Like, you know, I guess my instincts would be that preseason games typically are lower scoring because the defense is ahead of the offense, you know, backup offensive lines, backup quarterbacks. But I'm also guessing that that's built in a lot of times, these totals, because 34, (laughs) I mean, 34. I don't know if you're going to see a total as low as 36 and a half all year long during the regular season. So yeah, pretty much the right total on any hall of fame game is 34 and that's where it's at. And although there are advantages to be had betting totals, certainly in the preseason, it just hasn't been something that I personally have focused on. I can tell you that um, if you do pay a lot of attention to it, and you've got some very favorable quarterback rotations on both sides. There can be good overs in preseason just because these preseason totals are dealt so low. All right, that makes sense. Why do you think the Broncos are favored in this one? I think I saw where they already said that, you know, Flacco's not going to play at all. I haven't seen what the information is so far on the Falcons, but I do know that Kevin Hogan is going to start at quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and this is an example of a huge line move um, that we talked about in preseason. Denver actually opened up a a two-and-a-half-point underdog. That did not last long. Now, as you said, they're laying two-and-a-half, and frankly, it's going up to three in some spots. All about coaching tendencies, I believe, in this one, where you've got Dan Quinn for Atlanta. His last eight preseason games, Rossi's 0-8. So clearly 
Um, now that Quinn has been established as an NFL coach, he has showed no preponderance or desire to emphasize winning in the preseason. And so Denver, with a brand-new head coach in Fangio, they typically are a little more inclined to want to go ahead and get a win in these games, and that explains why Denver is laying two and a half to three points. But one thing I want to caution everyone is that laying two and a half, that um, basically means you just have to win the game during the regular season because so few games land one or two. In the preseason, very dangerous to lay minus two and a half. And the reason is that the memo is out to all the head coaches that for whatever reason, they don't want to play overtimes. And so at the end of the game, almost every team now goes for two when they score and they're down one point. So they're doing everything they can to avoid an overtime game. And because of that, so many games now land one and two in the preseason that laying two and a half is very dangerous in the preseason. Wow, that's interesting. I I didn't I didn't know that or didn't think of that. Very interesting. All right, let's get in, Steve, to some questions from some of our different listeners. We've had a bunch in a while. And in fact, uh, my guy Ed Lane has sent me a couple. He is prolific in terms of taking advantage of our sponsors so that he can get in on the act. He said, hi, Ross. Do you still partner with Lantana Hummus? Just want to let you and your listeners know it goes great with fresh carrots and cucumbers from your local farmer's market. He literally sent me a picture, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, I think hopefully Lantana Hummus will be back again this season. He said, for beginning betters, is it better to start with smaller cash increments and reserve larger amounts for when you get tips from experts like yourself. He's mainly talking to you. What are the best ways to build a bankroll without blowing the budget? Great question. So in order to build the bankroll, you're going to have to win more than 52.4% of the time when you're laying 11 to make 10, and most beginners aren't going to be able to pick winners. So I absolutely would focus on experts. And the problem is, well, who really is an expert? And there's so many people out there in the field, and it's so difficult to find guys that actually are proven winners. And I think, Ross, you and I, if you look at our track record right here on Even Money, um, I would stack it up against anyone in terms of how we've done. What is this, our fourth or fifth year? I can't even recall. Yeah, you know what? I have to look it up. Maybe Bri can get on that, but I'm I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. But, um, yeah, it's pretty good. And, and I think last year was the only year we were in the red, or I was in the red. You were in the black still, I think. But um, the only year that I, that I can remember, and, of course, the year before, uh, we were on fire, me especially. So he also said um, he sent in another sponsor confirmation. And I should remind everybody, all you ever have to do is go to the sponsor page at RossTucker.com, take advantage of any of those sponsors, or just buy something on Amazon through the banner ad on the homepage at RossTucker.com, or even just rate and review the show. You do any of those things. You can ask Steve a question, and Ed had a couple because he sent me another email with a couple more sponsors. So he said... Um, what is a good amount 
for a novice to start as his bankroll. Um, seems to perfectly mesh with the advice to have five, four, three, two, and one group unit plays to mesh with goals confidence. Well, I think in terms of how much your betting bankroll is going to be, I I would say that it should be whatever you can risk. And even if you lost it all, it wouldn't be any major um, calamity or huge issue. So I would almost set it aside as like a recreational budget. Like, oh, this fall I'm going to spend $500 on golf and I'm going to spend $500 potentially on football and hopefully I'll win thousand dollars on football but if i set my bankroll at five hundred dollars then i can go ahead and bet typically one to five percent of um, my bankroll per play i know that sounds like a very low amount but um, that should keep you out of trouble if you um, know what you're doing in terms of your wager size in terms of ever losing all of it so if let me use a thousand dollar bankroll because the numbers are a little bit easier and so then you would bet ten to fifty dollars per play and that 1% to 5% is pretty much, as a professional gambler, how I wager on my very best bets, 5%, on my um, very modest bets, 1%. And I will say this, there's a lot of times the best bets I can't even get 5% of my bankroll down on because it would be early in the week on a number that's just wrong. An example would be this preseason game. I did indeed bet on Denver when they were the underdog, but the limits were low in town, and by the time I bet it a few times, Denver had gone ahead and flipped to the favorite. Got it. He, by the way, uh, Ed, now I'm remembering, he had bought a story for his wife at myfrontpagestory.com. He even sent me the video, and his wife was crying as she read it. So very, very cool, Ed. Thank you. He's a, he's a diehard listener and obviously fan. Let's get to Jake in Ohio, Steve. Uh, it's really interesting. Most people have similar questions. Uh, Jake said, can you ask Steve to go over his process of determining if he wants to place a wager on side or total and how much he wants to wager. Also, can he share if any factor, power ratings, motivation, trends, gut instinct takes priority when handicapping a game? Just from talking with you, Steve, I would feel like um, line movement takes priority when you're handicapping a game, right? Yeah, my number one factor is when I make a wager, I want to beat the closing number. That's the number one factor. And the reason being Ross is that all these guys at the sports books, they'll tell you when they query their players that win, what is the one factor that stands out? And that one factor is not that they pick winners. Obviously you got to pick winners to be a winning player, but you can tell a winning player because the number they bet the games at is better than what the closing number is on average. So I am maniacal about getting the very best number and I hear what people are saying that they're like, well, based upon that, you can never wager right before the games kick off because that is indeed the closing number. And there's actually some truth to that that I would argue it's really, really difficult to pick winners against the very closing numbers. And, you know, good examples, this Hall of Fame game, I have no idea who to bet on right now with Denver and Atlanta, uh, with Denver laying two and a half points. But when Denver was the underdog, well, that was a lot easier wager to make as far as the um 
the evolution of when I'm going to fire on a bet. The starting point is always power ratings. I've got my power ratings. So if one team's two points better than another team and they're playing on a neutral site, that's my starting point that, okay, I'd make the line two. And then I've got to go through and say, all right, are there any special circumstances in this game, uh, extra motivation, good scheduling spot that would make me move that number off of the two, or is there a fundamental um, advantage for one team over another team when they're playing? And I've got to be honest, that, that's an area of handicapping that I'm probably the weakest in the X's and O's of finding the fundamental advantages. I'm much better at spotting the situational edges, and that really tends to be much more of my focus. Love it. All right, let's get to uh, one more. Um, Sean Small, I think this is an interesting one, Steve. He said, by the way, I love these. Keep them coming. You know, we might be able to get to next week. We'll go over the, you know, week one preseason, but we also may have a guest. We also may get to more of your questions. So take advantage of any of the sponsors you hear on the show or over at RossTucker.com because we love it. Sean Small wrote, any season-long contests with similar formats as the Super Contest that are available for less money and are also still able to use a proxy? Thanks. Love the pod. Sean in Denver. Great question. And there is one in particular I'll recommend, the new Circa Sportsbook, which is um, Derek Stevens' owns the D downtown. He owns the Golden Gate. He's building the Circa um, new casino sports book downtown. And they are, like they call it the Circa Million, where it is going to be similar to the Westgate Super Contest. It's only a $1,000 entry fee. You can utilize a proxy for that. I believe it's going to be the same or similar format where you pick five um, games in the NFL against the spread. So I would definitely recommend the Circa um, million-dollar contest that will be available uh, this fall here in Nevada. That's very cool. So can you go over again, Steve, the, the Super Contest and how that works? Yeah, so the Super Contest is hosted by the Westgate. It is universally regarded as the world championship of NFL sports betting. You have to pick five games against the spread each and every week. You do not have to live in Nevada, but you do need to um, register in person at the Westgate. And if you're outside of Nevada, what you can do is get a proxy service, and there are many that are available out there that you can go ahead and utilize. And so, so if you're not in Nevada, that you basically provide them with your picture proxy, and they, the proxy will put them in for you. And um, the deadline for pick submission is Saturday morning, I believe, at 11 a.m. Pick five games against the spread. I was lucky enough, fortunate enough, good enough to win the contest back in 2008 and in 2009 and back-to-back years. There was about 300 people that entered back then. This thing has exploded, Ross. I would expect that there's going to be about 3,000 or more people who enter this year. And how much is it? It is $1,500 entry fee. You can enter up to two times. So do you, and then what does the winner get? The winner will get this year, I would imagine it will be over a million dollars. Yes. And do you do the max two entries every year? I do, but I do uh, two entries each and every year now. Um, I don't know how long 
that's been allowed, the two entries. Um, I believe it's been the, that way for like the last, at least the last 12 or 13 years. So, yes, I do enter twice. Got it. What's the closest you've gotten recently? I have not been in the money the past five years, so it's kind of, I feel a little bit like Johnny Chan won the World Series of Poker two times, and then I think he struggled to even cash in the thing. So um, winning at sports betting is not easy, Ross. And you know, one thing about this is that I didn't want to comment on. People are always like, well, what was your win rate at, in the Super Contest? And I would argue you're, you, you should never wind up with um, where you're slightly out of the money because if you're behind in that contest, you've got to take chances. You can't just play the um, slightly off point spreads that everyone else is going to play. So you can't just be laying two and a half on games that are lined at three because you're not going to catch up. So once you're behind in the contest, you have to take chances and go completely contrarian. And because of that, you um, oftentimes can have horrendous week 16 and week 17 records because it's your only chance to catch up and get into the money. That was a fun episode, Steve. Excellent work by you, as always. Everybody else, go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% welcome bonus and take into account what Steve just said about how to bet preseason and answering your questions and use it. Use it or lose it, baby. Betonline.ag, promo code PODCAST1. For that 50%, 5-0 welcome bonus. The preseason is here. Betting on football games is here. And betonline.ag, that is your squad. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.